An Eatonville Saga, Season 5, Episode 1. Season 5, the first annual Zora Neale Hurston Festival of the Arts, the event and its aftermath, January through June, 1990. Episode 1, Foundations of Success, Relationships, Partners, and Volunteers. Welcome back, dear listener. Ken Moore, the producer and director of our podcast, and I have been on hiatus as the rigors of workaday and other responsibilities have kept our collective plates absolutely filled. As it happens, we have reached a point in an Eatonville saga when our storytelling will take a deep dive, a reliving, as it were, of each program that our organization presented as a part of the first annual festival. This season, number five, will concern the event itself and its aftermath, January through June of 1990. The passage of time allows for any number of things to occur. As time passes, memories can dim. Yet with the passage of time, we can reflect upon previous occurrences in a way not so easily possible when events are occurring in real time. So when looking back and thinking about those eventful days, Thursday evening, January 25, through Sunday afternoon, January 28, we need to remind ourselves of the circumstances the Association to Preserve the Eatonville community faced as it presented this nationally promoted event in Zora Neale Hurston's historic hometown. Now, dear listener, even as I recall Eatonville in 1990, I am experiencing simultaneously several emotions, humility, incredulity, and pride. Humility, because I'm reminded of the total community support we received. Eatonville families invested themselves in our enterprise because they recognized the festival truly represented them and on a national stage. Incredulity, because what we accomplished occurred under the most challenging of physical conditions. Let me be more specific. In the town of Eatonville in 1990, there were only two facilities that could accommodate safely in one room at the same time more than 150 people. Those two facilities were Hungerford Elementary School and the Wymore Career Education Center. Renamed from Hungerford High School in an effort to send a message to the public, that the center was different. It was no longer the traditional high school attended by black students from Eatonville. It had become a center where Orange County public school students could attend and receive an education for post-secondary careers. That is what the new name was intended to represent. Now that was the idea, and I won't lead us down the rabbit hole as to what else was intended, but back to the main point. And Eatonville of 1990, there were no facilities for presenting a national academic conference. What in the world were we thinking? Indeed, incredulity is a credible response. Yet we did present a successful event, thus in that sense, a sense of considerable pride. So in this episode, let's identify the foundations of that success to look carefully at the how of the success. 
often experienced people, no matter their endeavor, point to relationships as being key to positive outcomes. That certainly was the case with this event. An absolutely key relationship was with Sarah Jane Turner, the new principal at Wymore. She was full of energy, generally very aggressive in her approach, and a no-nonsense woman. Have you heard of private foundations which, though still on the books, had become inactive? While Sarah Jane Turner had conducted some research on the Hungerford Trust, a private philanthropy connected to the historic Hungerford School, the trust had been inactive for decades. Sarah Jane Turner reactivated it. She completely embraced the festival. Her support provided us a space for between 95 and 98% of our three and a half day special event, beginning on Friday, January 6th, with the academic conference for scholars and others interested in more weighty topics, as well as for the Education Day programming designed for classroom teachers. Another essential relationship, if we were to host the festival in Eatonville, was with Eatonville Mayor Nathaniel Vereen. Though he passed on December 3rd of 1989 and thus did not see the festival come to fruition, his administrative embrace smoothed the way for all kinds of logistical considerations. For example, we needed a physical location to place the Zora Neale Hurston Memorial on East Kennedy Boulevard. Now you will remember, dear listeners, that this is the same East Kennedy Boulevard that was embroiled in controversy. Well, Mayor Vereen identified a place which would be safe, notwithstanding the fact that there was a possibility that the roadway would be widened. Another significant relationship, the one with John L. Micah, very active in Republican politics and circles, who would later become Congressman Micah, representing the 7th District of Florida, stretching from the Orlando suburbs through Daytona Beach and north to St. Augustine. Zora Neale Hurston was one of his favorite writers, and he utilized his connection to secure the stone for the memorial unveiled on Education Day. Like relationships, partners were also a significant element in the festival's success. The Florida Endowment for the Humanities is certainly preeminent in this regard. By way of reminder, it was its award of $29,000 which provided foundational funding. Another important partner was the Citizens and Southern National Bank, which sponsored Alice Walker, cutting that $10,000 check that she urged us to secure. Still another essential partner was the Florida Folklore Society. It leveraged the involvement of the State of Florida Division of Historical Resources, which provided on-the-ground participation during the Zora Neale Hurston Folk Arts Festival on Saturday, January 27 which was, quote, a celebration of the traditions, folkways, customs, and expressions of life and culture that Zora Neale Hurston fought so hard to preserve, end quote. The division's presence helped to establish serious content for this element of our event, ensuring that the outdoor program would not be dismissed as simply a street party. The third component of festival success were the volunteers. In the souvenir book, the title of the publication documenting the festival, we have listed 106 entries for the roster of volunteers. They included 17 family groups, only five of whom were not from Eatonville. In addition to Eatonville families, 
including the Dinkins, the Harolds, the Johnsons, the McCalls, the Wells, and the Coles, there were tens of individual residents, such as Harry Bing, Linda Greathouse, Ray Mackey, Joyce Madison, and Annie Peters. Key volunteer support also came from five groups, namely the Blossom Acres Service Unit, Greenhouse Two students from Rollins College, the Tangerine Service Unit, the Tigra Burick Service Unit, and Young Life Urban of Central Florida. And finally, the volunteers from Maitland, Orlando, Orange, and Seminole counties reflected the enthusiasm of friends and neighbors within the Central Florida region. Yes, our special event was special indeed, and the passage of time has simply reinforced how sweet was our success. End of episode one. You've been listening to an Eatonville Saga. Executive producer, the Association to Preserve the Eatonville Community, Inc. Podcast, concept, and storyteller, NY Nathiri, Eatonville native, and the executive director of the Association to Preserve the Eatonville Community, Inc., PEC. Produced and directed by Ken Moore. 2022 copyright by the Association to Preserve the Eatonville Community, Inc., PEC. All rights reserved.